Hello, everyone. My name is Grace Valentine, and welcome back to another edition of the I'm Tired podcast. I'm your host, Grace Valentine. I'm an author, blogger, speaker, but most importantly, I'm a friend. And I am so excited to have one of my friends on the podcast today who is passionate about mentorship. He's passionate about just living for God in your singleness and focusing on God first. And I think he's just a great example for whether you're a girl or guy listening to this podcast of what it means to seek Jesus Christ first and live for the gospel. And so here's my friend, Zach, and he actually just picked up his mentor from school and he's going to introduce us to his mentee or not mentor. Tayden yes. isn't mentoring you, but his mentee. Yeah, Grace, thanks for having me on today. And um, yeah, so I went to the University of Georgia for undergrad and grad school. And, you know, we became friends through uh, social media, which is just a powerful tool. And uh, recently we had an, uh, a tragedy with Tayden's family. And so uh, we're actually using social media as a tool for mentorship and allowing it to be as positive as he can, you know, for his future. And I've got my best buddy, my little brother here today on us as well. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Tayden, tell everyone how old you are and what grade you're in. I'm 12 in sixth grade. Sixth grade. Nice, man. I don't want to go back to sixth grade. <laughs> Me either. Yeah, division. I don't even use that anymore. I don't want No, I shouldn't tell you that. But Tatum, what's your favorite things to do? Do you like basketball? Do you like math? Do you like what do you like to do in your spare time? I like to go football. Mm-hmm. Or go with my friends when I play basketball. Yeah. Or hang out with these guys. That's right. <laughs> hang out, Zach. That? I was like, I bet you cream him in football and basketball. So <laughs> no, not <laughs> yet. Right. Zach doesn't let you win. So you never. Know. He doesn't. He, he doesn't. doesn't. He's got no mercy when it comes to that. He's like, if I'm going to mentor you, I'm going to raise you up. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, well, Tayden, I'm so glad you got to say hi to. What's your favorite thing about Zach? I want to ask you that before. I know that's a big question. He's like, there's nothing I'm doing. <laughs> Do you have a favorite thing about Zach? Uh, his personality. His personality. So his personality. What's, what about his personality? Is it funny? Is it silly? Is he sarcastic? Is but mostly funny. He's mostly funny. He's mostly funny. He's funny with you. That's great. I love that. That's so good. I think it's cool that you have a big brother in Zach and that the mentorship program led you to him. So Zach, tell me about the mentorship program and why are you passionate about mentoring in a sixth grader? Because some people would say, and Tayden, I don't think you're annoying, but some people would be like, oh, it's not fun to hang out with a 12-year-old, even though I think Tayden looks more fun than any of my friends and seems like he has <laughs> a lot better social life than all of my friends. But what made you want to be involved in a mentorship program? Yeah, so I actually uh, had a friend that was in this program. It's called Clark County Mentors. It's here in Athens. And so um, she just asked me to join the program. And I knew I love kids. I knew I love giving back to others. But I didn't really know what that would entail. And so next thing you know, I signed up, joined the program, uh, got in Tane's life when he was in third grade. And um, next thing you know, you know, third we're grade. every single week just playing at recess, having lunch together, helping him out with his homework, and just spending about two hours a week uh, at his school, his elementary school, and just hanging out, talking about life. And I realize now that as much I was putting out for his life, he's actually given me tenfold in return. And so I'm just so fortunate to have Tate and now as my little brother. You know, we started out five years ago as just friends and now we're family. So I'm just so appreciative of this program and what it's allowed us to accomplish together. That's great. Almost five years together. That That's a lot. And amazing what two hours a week can slowly become. And now you're definitely hanging out more than two hours a week. And obviously... They can go to your profile. I think Tayden even has an Instagram. Tayden, what's your Instagram handle? 
Johnson. Yes, and they can learn more about everything that Tayden has overcome and is overcoming right now and also donate to his good GoFundMe. Um, I don't want to harp on it too much just because I know that they can go to your profile and find it and it's a very personal story. But if you could harp on everything that's happened, into, I said I don't want to harp on it, but if you, could, harp, if you yeah. could describe a little bit of what's happened and kind of how you as a mentor have had to rise up in the last couple of weeks, could you do that? Yeah, for sure. And so um, about a month ago, um, uh, Tate lost his mother, grandmother, and sister, and I uh, lost his whole home in a house fire. And next thing you know, we just had the community in Athens just pour out their love. Our church at Athens Church just pour out their love and connections. And it's been so amazing <clears throat> just to have the community to rally around, you know, this kid and this family. And just everything they've done from taking them to the Super Bowl, thanks to the NFL and the Atlanta Falcons, to having Mr. Arthur Blank personally invite us to some Falcons games and Atlanta United games for next year. Different NFL athletes, different NBA athletes FaceTime us, just want to call us Matt Ryan, just wants to spend some time with him. Anthony Edwards, the former number one pick in the NBA draft, just call him and want to just talk to him. And so it's been amazing just to realize, you know, this isn't just a little segment in Athens, in Athens church life. It's a segment in this entire community. And it just takes a village. We've all been in this together. And uh, we're just so appreciative of everyone coming together for this one common cause. And, you know, thanks to this mentorship program, you know, years down the road, years in my past, I didn't realize God put me in his life for this exact reason. And so now I'm getting the fruits of the spirit and just, you know, opening my hands and just receiving whatever I feel led to be in his life. I'm there for it. Same with his family. No, that's so, I think it's cool how your church rallied around it. And social media can be such a negative thing and it can bring so many people away from Jesus Christ. It's cool to see how it literally became a bridge with people who are star athletes, someone like you who is a graduate MBA student, but just someone who's living life and serving one kid at a time. You know, I think we all want to be like that big person, the big basketball player, but it started with you just pouring into one kid and all this got connected because of social media and how God can use something is a bad thing and turn into a good thing when it's a God thing. And I love that you were like, when Tatum was going through that, you weren't shy and you were like, here, I want to get people involved. I think sometimes we think I can fix it. I can do it all. But so when you first posted that GoFundMe and began trying to help Tatum, like what was going through your mind? Like, were you thinking that this would just be a small thing? Like you'd get $10,000. Like, did you expect it to kind of become like this and get all attention? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was simply, can I raise $5,000? Can I just get something Mm. to give, you know, take clothes? And next thing you know, I have a small platform and that small platform was shared to their friends and sharing it to their friends. And then people with bigger platforms started sharing it with their friends. And next thing you know, it was in every continent around the world. It was in over 200 countries. I mean, we've had over 10,000 donors. I mean, it's just been incredible. And the next thing you know, a hundred or a quarter of a million dollars is raised crazy. You know, for him and his family's future. And it's just, it's so appreciative. Just the small steps that people took, all that added up and ultimately that's going to give him a great life with college is paid for. Isn't that a blessing? Oh, such a blessing. I think it's very yeah. cool how you weren't scared to do. I think a lot of people get scared to try to do big things because we're like, I'm not, I'm not the NFL athlete, even though I'm sure you could be an NFL athlete. Zach. I'm no, no, not <laughs> at all. It's like, no, he can. He could. Oh, Tatum will. Tatum will. You want to be a basketball player, right, Tay? I want to be a football player. Football player. Football player. That's more fun. I like football better than basketball. Basketball. I get bored. I'm the worst. I'm such a, I'm such a girl. <laughs> but, um, so I very much think it's crazy how someone like you, you weren't you were just someone who's pouring into one kid and you were able to 
lead and inspire so many people and inspire people through Tay's story. Tay inspired people, just one kid. You were one young adult and that was able to do something. You don't have to be an NFL player or do own the Super Bowl owner, be the president of it in order to make a difference in this world and to reach continents. And you prove that. Okay. So, and the last question I have about mentorship before we get into what else we were going to talk about is, do you think it's cool to serve? And if so, why? Oh, I think it's so cool. And the reason is it just, it humbles yourself. It gives your time away to help someone else. And in reality, you don't realize it, but there's stuff that you need with learning patience. I've learned this from this kid. I've learned love. I've learned kindness, gentleness, and Tame teaches me all of these things. But I went into it not really realizing, you know, the fruits of the spirit are actually there in this program. And I just think it's so amazing just to be a part of something that actually helps out and makes a difference to someone else. And it's so cool. Now everyone has been asking for pictures of them or pictures of us together or, oh my gosh, like, no way you're verified on Instagram. And I'm like, look, all that stuff doesn't matter. It's just cool to help out someone else and be a part of someone else's story. Amen. And I think sometimes God will bless you in those ways. That's just a blessing. It's not something that you need, but it's not like you went into being a mentor and were seeking a verified and to be in the suite at the Super Bowl. That was just God leading you in those cool ways. That wasn't anything you were seeking out. And so when you seek out holiness and obedience, blessings will come. Um, the blessings won't always look that fancy as they look for you in the past couple of months, but they also, you'll have hardships and you'll take on a lot of emotional burden too, which I know you oh. have as well. That yep. just soil, like help you humble you and probably help your heart. Okay. I also, because I, Zach, you are how old you said 24, 25, 24, 24. Okay. So I get a lot of girls who all the time who ask me, Tay's going to laugh at these questions probably who are like, Oh my gosh, there are no single guys. Uh, after the age of 23, they're all married or there's no guys out there who are seeking the Lord. And I just think you're a great example of someone who is seeking the Lord. And I want to ask you about all the questions that dating and singleness that a lot of girls ask me, because I think you can give a different perspective. And I also want to be clear that Zach doesn't speak for all guys. Like Zach is one person. Exactly. (laughs) I want to tell you like, so for all the girls out there who think there are no good guys out there who love the Lord, what would you tell them? You know, the first thing that comes to mind when you ask this question is what environments are you in? Mm. For my life, I was a bartender in college. And guess what? I was attracting girls that didn't have Jesus in their life. And that's not a negative to them or to me, but I was in a season where I was not prioritizing my faith. And so I was realizing, hey, look, I wasn't seeing girls that were loving the Lord. But now once I quit that job, I actually became a small group leader instead. And that small group leader position allowed me to be you know, with 20 to 30 girls my age leading other kids. And I realized, whoa, there are a lot of attractive girls following the Lord. (laughs) But I have to be in those environments and those settings to actually learn and see and meet those people. Oh, wait. So tell me more. I remember you telling me personally that you were a bartender in college. So tell me more about that transition too. Like, do you feel like in college you kind of strayed from Jesus and like tried the whole drinking partying thing? I mean, you went to a big school. Yeah. Is that part of your testimony? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a... They rated the second party school in America, which is no trophy. I don't want to act like that's a good thing, but you know, I was I was a bartender in college, and so that was you know bringing me around you know a certain type of female. And in those seasons of life, it was a lot of partying, it was a lot of having fun. I put God on the back burner, but once I realized in some of my breakups as part of my testimony, but that's when I was led to having just no one, no one left. I was single, you know, I was just off a breakup and like, I got, I just, I need something. I need something bigger than me. And that's when my roommates invited me to church. And, um, the message the first day I went was about relationships and I was realizing, wow, 
you know, this is what I've been missing is that active community. It's that going to church every Sunday. It's getting involved. It's taking that next step of becoming a mentor. It's becoming a small group leader. It's, you know, giving my life away to help someone else out. And I think that's the whole testimony of Jesus is how can you help others? How can you love others? How can you help your neighbor just as yourself? And so I just think, you know, once I quit that job as the bartender, I lost a lot of a lot of stuff. And one thing was the attention. It was a lot of the popularity. But I realized I'm gaining so much more traction with my own life now because that job ended and which is opening a door to just so many opportunities that are just filled with the fruit of the spirit. And I'm so appreciative of these opportunities. Yeah, no, that's great. Do you still put it on your resume? I'm just curious. <laughs> I do. It's still on my resume. And you, um, it brings up a great question. Also, that's a hard job too. I was a waitress, which I mean, different than bartending, but at the same time, it's hard to deal with that many people. It really it, is. And just humbling in a lot of ways and serving in a different way. But yeah, it can be distracting, especially in a college environment. And I think my testimony is kind of similar as in I was probably more just because of the groups I was in just with Greek life, like frat parties and stuff like that. And I do the same thing that girls are doing. I'd be like, why are there no good guys? Like, why do these guys suck? And I'm, it's because where was I searching? At the end of the day, if you want to bloom, you have to be planted in an environment that's going to sustain yes. you. And so I love that you say that because, but, and I will say the ratio probably is harder for girls. I think you, you probably can understand that in a church in South Georgia, yeah. the ratio that, but it's important to not just settle because you're so scared about being alone. Right. Right. You're exactly right. Um, and so how can you be purposeful in our singleness? I think it's so cool when you were talking about your testimony that your singleness actually led you to finding Christ again. So what would you tell all the single people listening to this about how you can find purpose overall in it? So I guess let me be clear. I am single. And so right now is my season of singleness and everything I do, I try to be purposeful. And so I actually just had a lunch with my mentors from my church and we were going over my daily walk. It's I wake up every morning. I have a devotion personally in my devotional book. And then I have a devotion plan with either friends that have asked me for a certain subject on the Bible app. And then throughout the day, I'm always just asking God to come in these conversations. I want to do everything I word on text, share on social media to honor God. And I just think the way you live your lifestyle proves a lot about where you are in your faith. And I just think everything I want to do, I want to have purpose behind it. And everything I want to do, I want to have a lasting impact. And so if everything's positive, if everything glorifies Christ, there's obviously purpose in it because he's given me the capability of doing these certain things. And so I just think it's, you know, simply just doing the small things correctly. It's, are you spending time with God every day? It doesn't have to be 10 minutes. It could be 30 seconds, but it's just simply inviting God into your conversations. It's loving your neighbors. You know, it's doing the small things of helping out if somebody drops some money at the store. It's buying the person behind you's food for them. You know, whatever you feel your heart's led you to do, I just think find purpose in your actions. And I think singleness is a great season. You know, it's actually a gift. A lot of people look at it as, I have to be single, but you should look at it as I get to be single because it's just a season in your life where, listen, you have direct focus to the Lord. You have direct focus to your desires, your career. And that's something I'm doing now. Hey, look, my career, wherever I'm interviewing next, I want to have all my attention on that one job. If I had a girlfriend, guess what? I'm probably going to be distracted and say, hey, look, I want to move to that city because she's there. But thankfully, I don't have a girlfriend right now and I'm allowing this single season of singleness just to be purposeful. Yeah, no, I love what you said about that because I, that was, I always say, I don't think I would have written a book or moved cross country if I did get my little ring by spring or if the guy did want to date me that I thought I really liked back then. And so it's crazy how singleness can 
lead you to so much adventure and joy. And I loved how you talked about your own mentors because a lot of times it's easy to be like, oh my gosh, Zach, he mentors kids. But you were like, I meet with men and I have this accountability. And I think so easy for girls. That's something when you're looking at guys and same with guys, you look at girls, like do that. Does that person have accountability? Does that person have someone pouring into them? Because how are they going to sustain without that mentorship? It's you're just pouring out. That's something. So tell me what being mentored has meant to you as someone who also is a mentor and someone who's single. Yeah. So um, I always look for wisdom. And so the way I look for wisdom is people that have gone through the certain seasons that I'm looking to do. And so I'm always, you know, I have a small group that I'm a part of on Sunday nights. Um, I have mentors that I meet with once a week just for lunch. And it's just simply saying, hey, look, I've struggled with this this week or this and this has happened, you know, just sharing my life. And what that is ultimately doing is making me vulnerable and making me open and honest about my life and the direction that it's going. And if they need to say, hey, Zach, look, here's some wisdom. I wouldn't necessarily go down that route or I wouldn't necessarily do that. Or, hey, you can actually word that situation to be like this. And it's just wisdom. And all that it is is saying, look, I'm pouring out into people's lives. But like you said, people need to pour back into my lives. And I'm blessed to have people in my life that I talk to every week that are constantly pouring back into my life. And I'm just so appreciative to have a community around me that I'm very eager to just be a part of to make commitment to talk to them and in reverse. They're making the commitment back to me. And so I think it's got to be a two-way street. You know, you've got to pour out others, but they also got to pour out to you in return. Oh, completely. And I always say something I've been going to is like, you can't Google wisdom. I always joke when I was like 16, about to have my first kiss, like, you know, it's going to happen. I Googled how to kiss a boy. Like, you know, I think a lot of people do that with like their questions. They're like, I have a question. I'll go to Google or YouTube. But wisdom is something that you have to literally be with someone and watch someone two steps ahead of you. How are they living their life? How are they seeking Christ? Like wisdom comes from the Holy Spirit. And so you can't get that by figuring it out on your own. You need people. And I think you do a great demonstration of just showing that accountability is something that comes from wisdom and from people in your life. And that is what gets you far. Okay, another question someone sent me is, have you ever been jealous of your friends who are in relationships that are very good God relationships? And how do you handle that jealousy? Oh, all the time. You know, back in my life when I didn't necessarily have a foundation with Christ, it was constantly of, you know, comparison. It's, man, their life is this good. This life, their life is this awesome. But what, once you realize is, you know, all that comparison, all that jealousy of someone else's relationship actually just tears you down and does not do anything to bring them up. And so we're called as believers to honor other people. And so now I'm trying to I've changed the script to honor other other people for myself. And so that's just saying, hey, look, man, I'm so proud of you, you and your girlfriend. Like y'all's relationship is just so amazing. It's a beautiful picture. Or, hey, man, listen, I loved how you honored your girlfriend at paying for dinner or opening the door for her. And just honoring other people actually allows you to just be at peace in your heart. And, you know, I think it's one of those things where we all strive for a relationship. We all strive to want to be in entanglement with another, you know, a spouse one day. But ultimately, God has someone planned for us and God has someone in our future. And what we have to do is just be accountable for our own actions and he'll and they'll be the same way for them. And ultimately, God will bring us together with someone else. And I think a perfect example is the pyramid love. And so it's, you know, you're running up this side of the pyramid, she's running up this side of the pyramid, and ultimately you meet at the very top. And I think that's how I want it to be. You know, I don't want to be dishonoring other of my friends because they're in relationships. I want to be running to Christ, and I want my spouse to be running to Christ. And one day I look over and I'm saying, wow, there she is, and then forever after. (laughs) Yeah, and 
at, at the end of the day, I love that you say the chasing thing because in scripture, it tells us like our prize is Jesus Christ, kind of like what you're saying, like we're supposed to be chasing him. And if you're so busy looking at to the left or to the right at people, like how fast are they running? It's like, if you ever remember, do you remember that picture of Michael Phelps when he was swimming and like him and the other country guy for the Olympics were getting in a tip? Yeah. And then yeah. it's like, he was like, like going at him right before the they begin to swim and michael was just like ready for go time and yeah. had his goggles was not looking at him and then you see this picture taken and michael beat him and he's like the other guy's looking at michael and michael's just looking at where he's going and that's yeah. what a champion does that's what we if we are truly chasing after jesus christ we're going to celebrate people also chasing after him with someone. You're not going to be like, oh, I wish I was that fast or let me see how they're doing. You're going to be like, okay, this is great. We're all in this together. We're not competitors. We're teammates. And it, if you focus first on your prize and not look to your left and your right, then you're going to find so much more joy in that. Yeah, that's so good. Okay. And so when you do find yourself jealous, you, I feel like for me, I have to take a breather and pray about it because that's jealousy is something that's going to even though we want a bippity boppity boo every temptation, I think jealousy is a temptation that a lot of Christians will deny. And then if you don't release it and you don't admit your thoughts, then you'll never have truth in. So for me, when I feel jealous, I take a moment and I pray, I write down my thoughts too. Sometimes when you write down like, oh my gosh, I wish I had her like a relationship like her. You're like, this is the stupidest crap I've ever thought. Like, and then, then I write truth next to it. Is there anything you do or any scripture you go to other than the pyramid? Yeah. So uh, Michael Todd has this slogan. It's called hot, humble, open, and transparent. And so I always want to be humble about my actions. But when I do find myself jealous of so-and-so's girlfriend or so-and-so's relationship, I need to be open about it. And so what I do is I have a journal and I write down a date and what exactly I felt. And that journal, yeah, that journal allows me just to be open about whatever I'm feeling. And then I can be transparent about it. I pray to God, God, I hate so-and-so's relationship. I am so jealous of so-and-so, but God will ultimately renew my mind every single time. In fact, you shouldn't hate, you shouldn't dishonor others. You should love others. You should bring peace to their relationship. Mm -hmm. And it's always renewing my mind of what I thought and my desires. And God brings his desires to my heart each and every time. And I'm so appreciative to have this relationship with Christ. That you know, my roots have, have dug and they're starting to get a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper. And that's ultimately allowing me to not be as jealous as much, you know, not to be yeah. in comparison as much. I'm just, I'm thankful for those opportunities. Yeah, if you're content with your own relationship with Christ and you're not going to be craving someone, because you also realize that's not for me. I don't want that. That looks right. good, but that's not who God has for me. So why would I be jealous of something else that God's doing? That's a blessing for them. And I love that you said renew because I mean, you, you know, Romans 12, one through two, like do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing. And I think a lot of times as Christians, like we love the transformation, but we forget the transformation comes by the renewing. And that's ING, kind of like you said, it's continual. It's the having to be humbled daily, you know, having to go to the Lord daily. It's not just going to all of a sudden appear. It's something you have to seek Christ for. Right. And it's funny you say that because Romans 12, one was my devotion today. And so at lunch, our whole entire theme was about renewing your mind. And so that's just simply anything, any action that should honor God. You know, what I'm bringing in my eye should honor God. And so what I've had to do is pray to God, listen, you know, give me the eyes to see, ears to hear, and hands to receive. And just these three simple actions that I ask to God on the daily, it's given me a clear eyes, it's given me clear ears, and it's given me a clear hands just to receive what he has for my future. No, that's awesome. Okay. This is someone, something, another girl asked me this question, but what is something you wish girls knew about guys? And I just want to remind everyone, Zach is speaking from Zach, not from yeah. every Christian boy 
thinks what Zach's about to say. So Zach, what is something you wish girls knew about guys? You know, I've been asked this so much. And the simple answer is this. We are all the same human being. We have the exact same desires. We have the exact same intentions. We have the exact same, you know, struggles. I mean, we're all in this together. And so things that I struggle with, the things that I see myself maybe comparing or the things that I'm very interested in getting to know her, but not necessarily wanting to know how to approach her in the most, you know, mature way, they're doing the same thing. They're saying, well, Zach, you know, I really enjoyed that dinner last night. You took me on, but like, where are we going next? And I might be thinking the exact same thing. And so I think it's just being open, just being transparent, just saying, hey, look, I'm very interested in getting to know you. It's, hey, I really enjoyed you taking me to dinner last night. You know, it's simply before the person leaves, ask them on a second date, you know, and then they can give you an honest answer. And if you don't want to take a person on the next date, or if you don't want to accept that next date, hey, just be honest about it. And I think, you know, five seconds of embarrassment, if someone was declined or rejected would save, you know, days of just just shame or upset that they got turned down. And I just think, you know, doing the simple things right of knowing, hey, look, we're all the same people. Like we literally all have the same desires. We all have the same interest just allows me to realize, look, if I feel this way, I bet they feel the exact same way about the same situation. Yeah. I think girls really try to make everything guys say so deep. Like I've seen friends who analyze a text message or be like, what does he mean? Is he playing? And I've, I watch Shit's Creek. Do you watch Shit's Creek at all? I don't. I've never seen it, but I've heard about it. Okay. I think it's really funny. (laughs) Highly recommend um, for just like light humor that you don't have to pull on blast. But there's a there's an episode I got to where one of the main characters, Alexis, got a text from an ex-boyfriend and it made no sense. And she goes, is he purposely doing this so that he could be like, oops, wrong number and start a conversation. And then so she like thinks he does, goes, approaches him. And then he's like, oh, no, that was an actual wrong number text. And yeah. it's just like sometimes I think girls will think that guys are really trying to play a game or make it deeper than it has to be. And at the end of the day, if they're a man of Christ, if they're someone seeking Christ, it's really not that deep. Like what it is for face value, like put yourself out there, but this games will get you nowhere is what I've noticed with guys and guys are, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Guys are just as insecure as girls. I think a lot of times yeah. girls will be like, oh my gosh, we struggle with insecurity. Guys do too, but they feel like they can't be honest about it. Exactly. And I think that's a great point you just said. I'm insecure. You know, I have things that I'm trying to work on being better each and every day. And I know girls are the exact same way. And I think it's just being open, being vulnerable, you know, putting yourself out there and willing the risk of either getting rejected or getting accepted, you know, is a risk that you have to be willing to take. And either or you have to prepare yourself. Hey, look, I might get a yes or I might get a no. But if you're just putting yourself out there, that's courageous. That's bold. And I just think that's a good accomplishment for your own life is just to be courageous you know, be bold. If you want something, go after it. If you don't want something, don't go after it. And if someone's playing games, guess what? They're not a person of faith. You know, they're not doing stuff to honor God. And I just think that that's, that should be a big red flag to say, leave, run, go. Don't entertain that at all. Yeah, no, I totally agree with the games. Like it's at the older you get, it's like, okay, this is not like, it doesn't have to be that deep. We can be honest. And so that kind of goes to the last question I had about dating and everything. From my dating expert, Zach, (laughs) (laughs) how can, so some girl asked me this, how can she make it clear she's interested, but she still wants a guy to do the pursuing? So what can she, there are tangible things like this one, you can just give tangible tips, like whether it's just texting, obviously being honest, like if you go on a date, you want to go on a second date, be like, yeah, this would be fun. Let's do it again. But if it's a girl, they're at church, they both serve together. How can she make it kind of obvious that she's into him without being like, Hey, I like you. 
Yeah. So, you know, be intentional. I think that's the biggest thing. Just having your intentions pure and having your intentions honor God always will lead you to success. And one thing that I do is I'm always willing to be vulnerable and I'm not, I'm not afraid to put myself out there. But at the same time, you know, I need someone that I'm looking for. I'm chased after Christ with. And so, you know, if you're interested in someone, just say it. It does, it does not hurt anything. It does not take away anything mm-hmm. from yourself to just be honest and say, hey, look, I like you. Hey, I really enjoyed this date. Hey, I'd really like to go on another date. And if you don't, just be honest. You know, if that's a call or text, however you do it, just simply state, listen, thanks for taking me to dinner. But, you know, I just don't see us moving along any further. And that would just save so much time. And I think the guy should do his fair share of pursuing the girl and, you know, being responsible for taking her on dates and, you know, treating her the way that she deserves, respecting her body and just doing everything that ultimately honors God. But I just think, you know, being honest, being intentional and just being truthful. Don't hide anything. Be very transparent and just willing, be willing to be vulnerable. You're right. And so I've had friends call me out before because in the past I'd be like, oh, I would make up an excuse. I can call like, oh, I just don't, if it, I didn't like the guy enough, but I would be like, or I didn't think that was who God, but I'd make like, oh, I just right now so crazy. And like, honestly, right now in my life, it is crazy. So if anyone's heard me say that recently, don't freak out. Um, <laughs> but I think girls will try to use an excuse to like put a bandaid on it. But I'm like, no, I, if he's a man of God, he's secure in himself. And yeah, he may be bummed, but just be like, I don't see it with you. That's thank you for dinner. Cause great. You don't have to be as constructive. Like it's easier to be honest. True sets is free. Like Jesus Christ is always truthful. Like you can be truthful that yeah. your feelings are in it and you're saving him the time from dating someone who's not interested or thinking maybe in a couple of months and same for guys. I hope guys do the same. Like you don't have to keep someone on a back burner or like be like, well, what if I'm a single? I want this person just in case. Like that's not fair to do to anyone. And so being honest, I love that. And I loved what you said earlier too about it takes five seconds of courage. So if you, if you are like sweating over a guy who's your good friend, just say it. And at the end of the day, if it ruins the friendship a little, like it probably wasn't going to last as a girl guy friendship. You're not going to be married and best friends serving together like crazy. Cause you'll have your husband and your wife or your spouse for that. So I love the right. five second things of that. And so I think if girls just have to be not afraid to be bold, but being bold doesn't mean you're desperate. And there's a difference too, in the way we act. Yeah, you're right. And you know, one perfect example for this I was a small group leader for this Christian conference this weekend in Athens. And um, one of my sixth graders, he was like, I like that girl over there. And I said, hey, go talk to her. And he was so nervous, so nervous, so nervous. And long story short, the girl liked him back. And so finally, I talked to him and said, hey, we'll go talk to her. I'll go with you. So we went over there and he got a picture with her. And he was so <laughs> close to do it. But afterwards, he was going, telling everybody, sharing the story, sharing the photo. I'm like, listen. And he was so happy because of it. And I just think, hey, be courageous. It's nervous at the at the front, but at the end, that could lead to a marriage and a successful life that you're just living life together and chasing after God. So you never know who it is and what it's going to bring, but always honor God in your actions. I love that you're like six or yeah, you do it, man. You you bump said spike that. Talking them up. <laughs> I know every see and it's, guys don't change. You're still at sixth grade, and everyone everyone is still. There's girls who still feel that way at 24, 22. 2830. It's funny how like no matter how much time goes on that. Okay, Zach, is there any other advice you want to give? And then I'll ask you my final question, which is like more of my fun question. Um, um you know, I just say um, you know, relationships aren't hard. People overcomplicate relationships. They really should be easy. And my mom's always told me, you know, does a relationship does it follow, you know, the Bible? I mean, does it is it peaceful? Is it patient? Is it kind? You know, is it 
is it doing the things that the Bible talks about? And it's just so simple. You know, are you uh, fighting all the time? Are you arguing? Are you in peace? Are you having a great time together? Are you just enjoying life together? And I just say, don't overcomplicate it. Just take it day by day and allow the Lord to guide your steps. And he has a plan for us and he wants us to prosper. He doesn't want to harm us. Amen. I love that. Okay. Now, Zach, so the podcast is called I'm Tired. So I like to sometimes end, when I say sometimes, you should I mean all the time, end with the question of what is giving you life and energy these days? It can be something so stupid, something so silly, like Shit's Creek, which that's not mine right now, but yeah. it can be something deeper. Like you read the scripture, it could be like mentorship, whatever it is. So what is something giving you life and energy these days? Yeah. Uh, Tate Johnson, you know, my little brother, it's simply, you know, being here for his family during one of these times that I cannot even imagine what he's really going through. And it's just giving myself up, helping someone else out, you know, taking them to dinners, taking them to breakfast. We're going to church tonight to speak. And um, it's just doing these simple things together in life. Just having a family member that we can just, just vibe with, you know, if he wants to talk about his school today, if he wants to talk about his girlfriend, whatever that is, just being there for him. He's got a girlfriend. And I just think he does have a girlfriend, but he doesn't like to tell so many people about it. So okay, sorry. No, no one ever asked him about it, but okay. It's our That's secret. hot tea on the I'm Tired podcast. That's it. Okay. That's exactly right. But it's just simply, you know, just being there for someone else. I think it's just so amazing when you have someone else you can help out. It just brings you so much back in return that you didn't even ask for. No, I love that. Um, and for me, because I know you're dying to know what mine is, Zach. <laughs> I am. Thank you. So what is giving me life and energy these days? Two things. I think I'm going to go with Candy Crush. I have lately gone back on the Candy Crush. I think in a world where you can't do so much right, it's so nice to just like swipe and get some points. <laughs> it's yes. like Anyways, I actually got it back after I was like, I'm a Live Original ambassador now. And they were talking about it on like a meeting about someone's high score. And I was like, I used to be pretty close. And so right back. But then on a deeper level, honestly, small talk with strangers. I think people yeah. give small talk a really bad rap. But when I go to like book places or like people like book tour stops, and I get to meet someone who's like, find out what their major is. Like all the annoying questions that girls probably ask during rush. But like, now I'm excited about it. I'm like, what's your major? What's your story? What's your name? And I'm like, honestly, this is fun. The small talk is fun. So meeting new people is giving me life and energy these days. I love Zach, that. Okay. I would love for you to tell people where they can find you and any other information you want to share. Yeah. So um, my biggest platform that I use is Instagram. And so my name is at all underscore access underscore Z. And you probably ask, how did I get that name? So I've worked in television all my life. And so it's CBS or ESPN. And so it's just being all accessed, having to pass at all these games. And so ultimately, I was like, you know what? People bombard me about being all accessed at all these games. So I was like, you know what? Might as well change my name to that. And so you can find me on Instagram at all accessy. And um, I just want to say, Grace, thanks for having me today. You know, thanks for using your platform, which is just so amazing how you reflect and glorify God in all that you do. You know, to just have me on today and we can share our story and you can give, you know, exposure to Tayden's story. And just want to say thanks for just honoring uh, God and what you do and giving these girls, you know, wisdom, giving these girls the ability to, hey, look, I've gone through these things. You know, your book is, is so incredible. I'm actually through chapter two right now of it. Aww. And I can't wait to finish it. But I don't want to rush. It. I'm like, this is so good. I don't want to finish it too soon. And just want to say thanks. You know, thanks for all you do and thanks for who you are because you do matter. Zach, that's really kind. You, I'm glad we met on social media. You're a really great friend. You're just a cheerleader for everyone for the kingdom. And I just really admire that for you, whether it's your mentor, whether it's just someone cross states like me who's doing their own thing. But I think you, you just get inspired by things that are for the kingdom and you do your own things for the kingdom and you're just great at 
cheerleading others and for the gospel. And so, yeah, I'll also put his Instagram link in the description, but I am so thankful to have had you on, Zach. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Grace, so much. It's been fun. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the I'm Tired podcast. For more information on Zach, you can check the description of this bio for this podcast. You can also go to my website to read my blog, www.gracevalentine.org. Please give a like and rating for the I'm Tired podcast and subscribe so that you can stay updated and have joy in your everyday.